Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to jump into the Word of God this morning, and uh, we're going to uh, go, uh, begin this series on In the Moment. And uh, in, in this message, I, I'm speaking to the follower of Jesus, that person who's put their faith in Christ. But uh, if you haven't got to that place yet, still keep your hearts open to what God may be speaking to you. And if you just come to faith or if you've been in the Lord for quite a while, uh, being in the moment really has to do with our connection. It has to do with our engagement with our Heavenly Father and how we are relating to Him. And most people think of attending a church service as simply enough to make that connection to be in the moment. I challenge that. I would, I would challenge that. You may think that uh, that particular song that you sing that makes you, you feel close to God, but does that make God feel close to you? Or do you simply like the style? Too many times we, we allow the style thing to rule us, right? We just like, this is what I enjoy. This, this, is, this is what speaks to me. And so, you know, it's okay. Styles are fine and all that. And, and we get that. But uh, too many times we allow those things to be able to pull us uh, pull us in. And it, it may be a particular Bible translation. It's not just on the side of music. It's so many different things, right? could be a particular Bible translation that you read that helps you to feel close to God. But, but does it make God feel close to you? And you may say, why would you even ask that kind of question? We know he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Yeah, but there's another element of this as, as followers of Jesus that we have to recognize uh, and uh, we need to be aware of. Besides, who is worshiping who? What or who are we connecting with? And being in the moment is more about engaging our Heavenly Father uh, who loves us and who desires our praise. He wants to interact. When God created us, He created us in His image, right? And He created us to have fellowship with Him. Uh, that, that's part of this whole thing. We are here. We're not here just to be able to say, oh, look at the buildings we build or look at the house I have or look at the car I drive or, or look at all these fun things, you know, that we can do and this and that. It's more than just that. It's about our engagement with our Heavenly Father who created us in, our, in His likeness. Do you remember that it was God who created us and not us who created Him? So we know He loves us, and that's why He sent His Son. So we, we need to be able to respond back. And as we were worshiping the Lord in this, this, uh, this worship service that we're in, and we still are, uh, it, 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 is, it reminds us of our, that we respond back to Him out of the love that He has given towards us. And when you look at the early church, time and time again, you can see it over in the book of Acts and in, in the Scriptures, we find them engaging God in the moment. And sometimes uh, they, were, they were praising and praying. It wasn't so that they could get something, right? Now, it's not that we don't ask God for things, right? It's very appropriate for us to ask Him, Lord, help me in this situation. Uh, you know, help me in this or whatever. Uh, and, but uh, it's where they're interacting with God and they're engaging Him. 
And uh, sometimes when they're praying and they were praising it, it wasn't so they get something, but they realized who he was. Do we realize who he is at times in our lives? And uh, then we, we find when we continue or uh, commune with him and fellowship with him, it's like he opens doors of blessings for us that maybe we wouldn't have expected before. He does those things. It's what, it's what a friendship is about, right? It's what friendship is. It's like when you hang out with somebody for a while, you show yourself to be a friend to maybe do something together or uh, just do some things together. But you, you may go to a movie. You may have a bite to eat. Maybe you talk about your hobbies or your faith. And, uh, and uh, there, there's something about having a healthy friendship and engaging one another. That's important. That's why, that's why we said, hey, shake one another's hands. Say hello to each other. That's important for us as the body of Christ because what I've learned as a pastor over the years is the person over, even in this church, no matter how long you go back, this person over here doesn't know this person here. And that person over here doesn't know this person over here. And it's not just here. It's every church I've been in. I see that. It's like, wow, we as the people of God, we need to be able to engage one another and build one another up. And we do that because we have those healthy friendships. But a, but a healthy friendship is two-sided. And, and you give and you take and, and they give and they take. And they they, they may see you're, you're hot and thirsty when you come inside their house. And so what do you do? You pull out a bottle of water or a glass of water and offer it to them and say, would you like a drink? And why? Because you're wanting to satisfy their thirst. You want to help them cool down. And, and, and if you go to their place, you probably would do the same kind of thing, right? And so that's just kind of what friendship is. But, but we take that on another level when we take it to the, our relationship with the living God. It's really way, the way it is with us and God when we honestly come, uh, become like Abraham was with God. He was what? A friend of God. He was a friend of God. And the Bible says that of him. It go, so it, go back uh, to this thought. When we, when we praise and when we pray as a friend of God, we aren't always asking for something. It doesn't mean we can't do that. And we do that. It's normal. But you may, you may ask your friend for a drink of water when, when you come to their house. But remember, you need to be able to reciprocate back, right? You need to be able to interact and, uh, and do something for them as well. That's, that's having a friendship. And we have several things that we need to consider today. And for, the first one is this. Number one is praise God in the moment. Praise Him in the moment. Come along with me over into the New Testament, and uh, we're going to find a time when uh, some of God's people were simply hanging out with God, and uh, they, had been, they had been worshiping and, and even fasting. And look at what it says here in Acts chapter 13, and Acts 13 verses 1 to 4, and it says this. It says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, uh, Lucius and of Cyrene, Manon, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. 
So they take off, and uh, but all of this took place because they were engaging the Lord. And I believe that these verses here are really key for us in the day that we live in. We're, we're, uh, if we're going to see the work of God happen in our world, if we're going to see God move in a powerful way among people, then we need to be willing to get on our face to worship, interact, fast, and pray, and talk to God. We've got to have that reciprocation. You know, I, I could, we could do all we want. I would lose the camera for a second, but that's fine. I, I could just sit here all the time. And if all I do is sit here all the time, what have I gained? There has to be some interaction. There has to be interaction on our part as followers of Jesus. We have to be able to engage our Lord. We, we have to be able to come past in the place where we have been in the past and, uh, and quit allowing those things from the past to be able to hold us back because God has a, a plan for each and every one of us. We, we don't want to stay in those same old places. We need to be in the moment. And if you recognize out of this passage here in the book of Acts, it was, it was only when they were in the moment there, when they were spending that time with the Lord, uh, that, the, that the Holy Spirit starts speaking. And now, and now it isn't the only time we know that he speaks at other times and sometimes that still small voice when we're in, our, in, a, in a time of prayer, maybe we're sitting at the table and just spending some time with the Lord or sitting on the couch or beside our bed or, or just wherever we're at. And so it's only in those times in the moment the, the Holy Spirit will speak into our lives. And, and I don't know if you, you notice it or not, but these people um, were waiting and worshiping they weren't all prophets. You say, but yeah, it shows prophets where they were prophets that were there. But Luke says uh, here in the book of Acts, he says that they were prophets and teachers. So different giftings, different people. But wh whether you uh, taught a small group or a kids group or uh, uh, you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, are you talk taking that time to uh, praise God in the moment? It was after that they had uh, come through lifting up the Lord that the, the Holy Spirit said, set aside for me these people to go do a work for me. Well, they were, they were going out to engage people to share the gospel of Christ with them. In fact, uh, if they, they, they may not have even, uh, 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 they may not even, recognize the fact that God was going to give them a job to do. They, they may have just said, hey, this is a nice time, a wonderful time of worship, and I'm sure that it was as they interacted with the Lord. But they realized that it moved them to another place in the Lord. And for each of us as followers of Jesus, not just for the pastors and the ministers and those who may call themselves such, but it's for each and every one of us who follow our Lord and our Savior. They were fellowshipping with Him. And the Lord guided them. Now, here's the, here's the caveat to that in some ways. For some people, they're like, I don't, I don't want God to say something to me and tell me to go do X, Y, or Z. Uh, I, I remember one time years ago when I first uh, was, uh, felt called towards the ministry. I, I remember I was taking a time of prayer. I, I didn't go to Bible college so that I could be a pastor. I just wanted to get closer to God. I don't know if you realize that. That was not my intent. I was not uh, wanting to be a pastor, preacher, evangelist, whatever you want to call this. 
uh, but, uh, but it was in that time that, uh, that the Lord spoke to my life. And you may say, well, I don't want that. <laughs> I, don't want to, I want, don't want God to send me to Africa. I don't want God to send me to this or do this or that. Don't worry. If he asks you to do something, he's going to equip you. And he will help you. Say, let's look, let's look at this here this way. Maybe you were an intern for a company at one point simply so you could learn, right? You go, you get an internship, you, you interact with them, you learn. So a lot of times that happens to college students when they're, they're going into a field. And, and uh, sometimes those in high school, they may sh uh, do job shadowing or something. And so you didn't expect a job with that company when you go in there. Uh, you just wanted to learn and figure things out for yourself. And so you get in there. And when you, when you saw how well they worked together and how integrous they were, they were just a solid place. And so you, you hung out with your supervisor for a while and you start to talk to them about the good things you're seeing. And you say, you know, this, this works pretty good. And you liked what you saw, but then, you, then she says, uh, uh, how would you like to work for us? You're like, well, I didn't really say those things so I could get a job here. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it is pretty good. And so then it makes you step back and think a little bit. You didn't expect that, uh, but it just seemed right. Why? But one reason why is because you were all in devoted because you were growing and you were learning in something. We need to be open to learn and to grow in our faith. And you're never too old to learn. It's kind of what happened here in verse 2. You see that it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work uh, to which I have called them. So God can do this in a church when people are honestly open and fellowship with God. But if they're closed off, you can't expect much, right? We can't expect much from God if we hold him at a distance. We just can't. And when that happens, then we may say, well, why aren't my prayers answered? And if we had to step back and we have to ask ourselves, are we holding him at a distance? Are we saying, God, we love you? Don't engage me, God, but we love you. Have you ever been there before? Probably most of us have. I'll be the first one to say sure. And I think it's a reality, and it's so easy to be able to do that, because why? We, that way we feel comfortable. We feel safe there. We feel like that God's not going to ask us to do anything that we don't necessarily want to do. And so, but here's another thing here. Being in the moment may include this, and that's the second thing, praise not knowing what to expect. It may include praise, not knowing what to expect. If you go back into the book of Acts, you'll find over in chapters uh, 1 and 2, uh, the, the last days of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. Once he's been raised, he's resurrected, he's interacting with his disciples. He spent a, a long period of time, what, something like 40 days or something with them. And, and uh, so uh, he was hanging out with them, and uh, then he left them so that they would wait. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, uh, the, Luke records this, and he says, when the, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound of the blowing of a, of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Jesus Jesus here in this situation had left the Holy Spirit to come for them. 
Uh, and he said, hey, guys, I'm going to send you another comforter. Uh, and so he, he left them there, and they had no idea what to expect. They were overfilled with the Holy Spirit, and they started speaking in languages they didn't even know. And it ended up impacting people who were, who were by the, the upper room where they were at. Uh, they, they, they were there, and uh, they were engaged in that way because they understood those languages. But they, they had seen Jesus and the twelve perform some miracles. But this was a different miraculous thing that God was doing. It was, it, was, uh, it was the establishment of the church. It was the birth of the church. It was the empowerment of the church. And they, they spoke in these other languages. They spoke in tongues. And, and you have to remember something here from Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It says they were all together in one place. They were hanging out together. They were united. Uh, and, and it appears that they had been praying. And some translations uh, would say that they were in one accord. They were, they were there in a similar mindset. They were seeking God, interacting with Him. They, they were fellowshipping with Him. Some translations just give us an understanding of being on this focus. And they... They had the same kind of focus, the same kind of mindset. They were waiting on and seeking God. And they were waiting on God. They were praying. They were praising. They were probably doing whatever they could to engage in their heavenly Father. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, On one occasion... While he was eating with them, he gave them this command, and it was Jesus. And he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So they knew God was going to do something, right? They knew God was involved in their situation. They knew God was going to uh, do something different. They may not have known every detail or exactly what to expect, but we know what is, there is some things that are left unsaid there, and so we know that Jesus had given them some information. We just don't know how much. But they did have expectancy. The early church was uh, willing to fellowship with God and let Him do what He wanted in their lives, and, uh, and we're going to, to welcome His work when he meets us, are, are we going to do that, I should say? May, are we going to welcome his work when he meets us? We want to welcome him. He loves us. Anything he does for us, he does out of love for us. Sure, he may correct us at times, right? Just like a loving parent may correct their child at times. They, they need a little bit of guidance in life, and he may do that. But what he's going to speak into our lives, and we want to be able to meet him and welcome him. When I think about that, I think about anticipation. Anticipation is quite an interesting word, and we all have it, right? We all face anticipation at different times. It comes with an element of not knowing completely what to expect in a situation we go into. If maybe you've set up a party for a friend at one point or time in your life, and it usually ignites a little bit of anticipation in that person. You know, if it's not a surprise party, and you know they're they're thinking, "Hey, this is coming down the pike. 
uh, and so, uh, but I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, and they know something's going to happen. They, they may realize that you will likely, maybe, maybe you'll make a cake, maybe you'll have some punch, maybe you'll have some soda there, uh, and uh, maybe some ice cream. But these things are things they may expect. And yet, they, they may not know exactly what's going to happen in that party. When Jody and I were married uh, a couple years ago, right? And uh, when we were married, uh, my family told me, my, my parents told me that I had a friend uh, that was going to uh, give a surprise to me at the wedding. And they didn't say what the situation really was. And I'm like, okay. And so... So you never know, like on one side of you say, that's anticipation, hey, that's cool. Then on the other side, what is this? You know, and so, but anyway, so sure enough, it, it come to maybe the day before the wedding, I don't remember, uh, but because uh, that was more than a year ago. And, uh, and I was shocked uh, when a special friend from England, Paul Lewis, when he drove up to the church and he drove up to see us, he had flown all the way from England, and I didn't know it, uh, to come and to be with us uh, on that special day. We, we had an anticipation of things that would happen, uh, but I, I didn't expect Phil to come. You know, it's like he's half a world away. You know, how is that kind of thing going to happen? And, and it surprised me, and it meant a lot. He had been out to our farm here in, in Kansas, in my parents' farm, and uh, and him and his brother, and uh, so so just uh, just a fun time, and so we kind of adopted them in some sense, him and his family. But when you praise God, and when you lift Him up for who He is, when you stay in the moment, you can expect God to work in your lives in ways you did not always anticipate. That is something that we should always remember. He's willing to work in our lives. And it may not be in a way that we expect. But being in the moment may also include this. The third thing here, being in the moment may include praise under fire. So there's times that we praise God when we're under fire, so to speak. Over in Acts chapter 13, uh, you can, uh, we'll look actually at Acts chapter 16 here in a second, but over in Acts 13, after a time of prayer and fasting, uh, engaging the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit sends out Paul and Barnabas, or Barnabas and Saul. Now, now Saul is called Paul at this point. Uh, but they went out. They started sharing Christ with all these people. And, uh, and God was working in people's lives. And so powerfully that even a demonized girl who had told fortunes was delivered through uh, Paul and Silas's ministry. Uh, Paul and Barnabas had already parted ways, and now it was those two guys working. And that girl had been a slave, and her, her trafficker, which was what we could call her today, was, was intensely angry. And he pushed to have Paul and Silas thrown in jail because he was mad, because he had just messed up the business that they had, because she was telling fortunes, and now they cast the devil out of her. Uh, and as she's set free. And so not every time that you do something good will people see it as a good thing. Because their hearts are blinded and even wicked at times. See, we can see that right now today, right? We can see that. We can see it today. And let's look at what Acts chapter 16 says here. In Acts 16 verse 22 
uh, Luke writes, he said, the, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered him, them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Not a good day. And then he says, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. He's making sure these guys aren't getting away and nobody's getting to them. And so then the next verse says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Didn't have anything else to do. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chain came, chains came loose. God met them at that place. Probably in a way that they didn't expect, right? Uh, you, you would have thought that Silas would have told Paul, I didn't sign up for this, man. I did not sign up for this. Yeah, sure, I want to I wanna be nice to people. I want to help people. But I didn't sign up for this kind of deal. And, and now they're thrown into this inner cell with their feet in stocks. Uh, I, 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 and we're not talking about blue chips. Some of you get that. Uh, but anyway, they, they may have been cramping up because they would have been probably cold uh, and, and unable to move that well in the stocks. They, they aren't good. They've been beaten. They're probably dehydrated at this point if, uh, if they didn't give them water like they needed. And the, the rods had hit their back and they're bruised up. It had to be pretty rough. Yet in the pain and the stress of it, God hadn't forgotten them. But there's something that we need to consider here. They hadn't forgotten God either. In the middle of the night, these guys in pain from the, from the beating they took to, they go, took to singing, a song, singing songs and, and praying. Those songs, uh, I'm sure maybe they learned at church when they had met together. Maybe they wrote some of those. Maybe they were songs that they... Uh, hymns that they had made up in their hearts. I don't know, but they, they were singing to the Lord and they were worshiping God. Here they are, they're bound up, they're in pain, and, and they turn to the one who had delivered them from their own sin. They had received forgiveness, and now all those things that were done to them were from people that didn't, weren't too nice to them. I don't know how much Silas, I don't, I don't know much about Silas, I should say. I don't know a lot about him from the scripture. But we know that Paul hadn't been much different than the crowd who beat him and threw him into prison, right? We know that before he came to faith in Christ, he was pretty rough and tumble himself, although he had the religious markings, right, and all that. But, but, but sit, as now instead of focusing on their own pain and their own predicament, which is what they had been facing, they look to the friend who sticks closer than a brother, and we call him Jesus. They prayed, they sang to the Lord, and they fellowshiped with the Lord. They spent that time with the Lord. How many times have you walked through your own pain and your predicaments to stop and to pray and to praise God? How many times have you praised God when you were under fire? Way too many times we get stuck in our own little cell that we forget that God is able 
to be able to work in our lives. He is there, he is able, and he is interacting, and he's ready to interact if we will do so. It can happen to any, any of us. Too many times we get stuck in that little place. It can happen to anybody. And when you are stuck in that pain or the moment, one of the greatest things that you can do is praise God. To praise and to sing to the one who can give you life and who has given you life, you need to learn to manage or to, uh, you, you need to, to be able to learn to get in the moment. And many times what happens is to people is either they ignore the problem so they don't have to deal with it, right? That's, that's one way of coping. We call that a coping mechanism. We can ignore that thing so we don't have to deal with it, or we can feel sorry for ourselves because it's so overwhelming. And those are two common responses. And we prob since 100% of us in here are human, probably 100% of us have used all of those things to be able to, to help ourselves at times of challenge. And, and, but, but, but we have to understand there are times like that that we have to be able to seek the Lord in the moment. When in reality, we need, it, we need to engage Him because God has a purpose for our lives. God has a purpose for you, and you may not fully understand it yet. Because remember, your purpose doesn't finish until you go home to be with the Lord and you face Him face to face. And so the reality is, is at times in our lives, God shifts some of, our, uh, some of the things that we do in life just simply because life changes. And so because of that, then we have to be willing to say, okay, God, this is what I used to do, and now this is what I happen to do. It's like for those that go through retirement, right? Retirement can be a tough thing, right? Because you're so used to doing this all your life, and now you shift gears to do something else. But the facts are we have to recognize that God has not uh, changed, and he still has a plan for our lives, and it just may mean that we have to change some of the things we do, and so we can still follow his purpose. It was an honor to be able to do that memorial service for Joanne and to think of a person who up to the last moments of her life was teaching children, did not give up, worked hard, stuck in there. And I found out something this week. Do you guys realize that she was one of the people that wrote some of the first curriculum for Royal Rangers Missionettes? Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's nationwide. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Are we going to be people like that? Say, you know what, God, no matter what our situation is, I'm going to keep rolling. I'm going to keep walking with you, allow you to work in my life. The final thing is this. Praise God in, in his plan. Praise him in his plan. And, and you need to, to consider something here. Sometimes we think that since we have the promises of God, and those are real, very real for us who follow Jesus, because we have those promises of God that we will never have face any trouble, right? That we'll never have issues or problems. That's just not a reality. Jesus didn't really teach that. And so we understand that we have the promises, but we still face some things. And some would say that even in Jesus' time, that if you were facing trouble, they would say that you must be out of God's will. That's not always the case either. 
It's not always the case, but Paul and Silas, they're in the middle of God's will. They're preaching the word, and they're seeing this young lady delivered, and all of a sudden they get thrown into prison, right? Thrown into jail out of this deal. And, uh, and sometimes uh, the work of God is a fight. It can be difficult. It can, be also, it can also transform the lives of people who need Christ, and that's why we all do it. And it can be a challenge. But what, what about this demonized girl who told fortune? She was, she was bound by the devil. She was, she was delivered through the power of Jesus when Paul and Silas were willing to take the risk to minister to her. And because they stepped out and the Holy Spirit set her free, they entered a new fight and they were thrown into this situation in the jail. But they didn't give up. They were in the will of God, but it wasn't easy. So what they, what they did do is they stayed in the moment and they pulled, uh, they pulled out those songs, whether they learned them or they wrote them on the fly. I don't know, but they're, they're going along and they're worshiping God and, and they prayed and, and they praised in God's plan, even though it was tough. They stayed faithful. And what happened? Well, look at verse 26. Verse 26 says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaking. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Now we know that the jailer freaked out over that deal, right? Because it says everyone's chains came loose. Now they were in there with some other people too. So we got a problem and he was ready to end it all because he knew that they were going to take his life. And Paul and Silas says, hold on, buddy, don't worry about this. And then what happens? The jailer gets saved and his family gets saved. The, the things that God did out of that were amazing simply because they were willing. We have to be willing. We may not know what to expect, but God may do some things in our life and through our lives. Maybe 102 on Saturday. I don't know, 103. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe 85. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see what happens. But irregardless... God gives us opportunities to do things to impact our community, not just with events like that, but also in our everyday engagement with others in this world. And that happens because we stay connected to our Heavenly Father. Yeah. I kind of wonder, though, about Paul and Silas were there when they were there in prison. If they felt like, kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you, you see that over in uh, uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, and that they were going to be thrown into the blazing furnace. And this is what they said. They said, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we, we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that, that we will not serve your gods. And he goes on, but even, even these guys were willing to praise God, leaving their lives in God's hands. It's where we need to be. So the questions that we have to ask ourselves as we wrap up this morning is this. Are you willing to praise God in the moment? Are you really willing to lift him up in the moment? No matter what you face, and are you, you willing to praise God with an, anticipation, not always knowing what to expect? Sometimes we don't know what to expect and what God is going to do. Look, these guys didn't know. Uh, maybe Silas, if he'd realized what was go going to happen, he may have said, hey, Paul, uh, I just remembered I have something to do at the house, and I'll be back in about six months. 
He could have said that. Some God, sometimes God, God allows us, I think he must have a sense of humor. Sometimes God allows us to go through some things and he's like, yeah, you're there and I'm going to work and I'm going to do something. Are you willing to praise God when you're under fire? When the plan in front of you seems a little bit tough, are you willing to praise him in his plan? If you're willing, you can expect him to work in your life. I think we all can expect him to work in our lives. And my challenge to you, to you today is this, is to find a way to be able to practice this in your life, in your daily life. Praising God when things are good. Praising God when things are tough. Praising God when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Praise him and lift him up and worship him because he will prove himself no matter what you face. Let's pray this morning. Father, we look to you today. Father, we look to you because we know something. We know that you're faithful. We understand that you walk right with us. We know that you give us strength that we wouldn't have without your help. And Father God, I pray that you would help us to keep our focus and our hearts on the right things in our lives, focused on you, lifting up your name, singing those hymns in our heart, those songs in our hearts of thanksgiving to you, Father God. Help us, Lord, not to become stagnant in our faith. Help us, Lord, not to just walk through the motions because that's what we know to do at this point. Help us, Lord, to become the type of people who say, yes, Lord, when you call. Help us to be those type of people who say, Lord, I bless you. Whether things are good or bad, I bless you. And I give you praise, Father. Lord, help us as we lift up your name this morning. May you be blessed. May you enjoy our praise. May you enjoy our worship. Lord, you are worth it. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.